Moo, moo, moo. I don't know why there's no fluffs up in the there's sky. No fluffs in furry the weather. Sky. Furry weather. Furry I... weather. It's furry weather. So I was uh, trying to um, help my honey lift um, a really heavy thing a little bit ago, and it turns out I'm not a very strong pup. Not a very strong fur, it turns out. It, I'm more of a weaky fur. This is Barely Furcasting, featuring Tabin, an Injured Nerves audio production. A weaky fur. <laughs> it turns out. Uh, turns out, turns out. Well, uh, let's start off with saying Moo Bark Fluff. Hello and welcome. Uh, we are so happy that uh, you are listening. I am Barely Normal, your co-host that is not Donnie Most. And with me, of course, is the reason you all tune in, Tabin. How the oh. fluff are you, Tabin? Well, Moo Bark Fluff to you, Barely. I am doing uh, fine. And I don't know. I mean, I thought the reason every every for listen to the show was to listen to your golden Dulcet tones, My as it gold, were. Dulcet tones, yep. They're golden. So flashback to any for that, uh, if you remember that episode where we talked about that. That's a long um, time ago. That's a long time ago, so kudos to you. But yes, I, I'm doing good. Uh, my week's been good, but doing the stuff, running around, doing things or something. How well, have that's you good. been, Mr. Barely? Well, been doing good. My, It's been very interesting here at my house this last week. My hubby has been searching for some kayaks online and used kayaks. Kayaks? And so he kept finding them online and doing things. He'd go to buy them and then they would be sold off from under him or he didn't like the color or blah, blah, blah. I finally said, let's just go get new ones. It's so much easier. So yeah. we went to the store and we bought two Vibe brand sit-on kayaks, 10-footers. They'd be vibing. They'd be vibing. And one dolphin sit in kayaks. We have three kayaks. Hmm. And then he also bought an inflatable stand-up paddleboard. Wow. Going all all in. So we have all sorts of things for the hot summer's days on the lakes and the rivers to go cool down. And, you know, speaking of summer, because it's almost summertime. It's very, very close to summertime. Yeah. I hear the ice cream truck at least three times a day now in my neighborhood. Sometimes they compete. So three times a day? Yeah, and I think there's like three different ones. But, okay. <laughs> and it's just that, that music. It's so, oh, that music, that, that creepy, creepy tune. music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just, oh, it's just so creepy. Kind of gives uh, you visions of like clowns and stuff and like horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The little uh, Jack in the Box that yeah, makes yeah, the yeah. noise do, 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 and then do, do, pop do. up. And then yeah. Chucky comes out and does uh-huh. bad and, things and, and yeah, slices yeah. your throat. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> And then a couple of weekends ago, it was so nice uh, and warm out. I took a long motorcycle ride with our friend of the show, TikTok. We rode up and over the Nestucca River Byway, which was... Nestucca. What was it stucca in? It was stucca in the river, and it was stucca in the oh. woods. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a great place to be stucca if you're going to be a river, I guess. <laughs> what do you have, Mr. Tabin? Hi, I have Hi. a words note. A words note. What is a words note? Well, so, and and again, I don't know how this came up, but I thought it was kind of neat for whatever reason. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say some letters, i.e. in a word, if you will. <laughs> uh, oh, so I'm okay. going to say some la- letters, and you can write it down if you want, but then I want you to pronounce it, because I'm curious to know what you come up with. 
Okay. And the letters are H-E-A-R-T-H-A-T. And how would you say that? Well, it could be a heart hat or a hearthit. <laughs> well, it's a hearthit. I don't know, but I hearth it. No, and <laughs> actually it. that I hearth it. I hearth it. Did you hearth it? I sure did. I hearth um, it. No, and actually that's for whatever reason this came up. And it was, I thought it was really interesting because you could read this either as hearth it or hear that or hear heart hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. I just thought that was really like, it's the same letter. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Anyway, it's, that's my oh, words note. <laughs> so before we get into last week today, I wanted to talk about our weekly challenge and our weekly challenge this week is for someone to come up with a safe for work name for a group of furries. As we know, a group of ferrets is a business, a group of owls is a college. So what is a group of furries? Give us a word. Give us, give us a word. Uh, yeah, write us in, like give us email, uh, send us a tweet or something like that. And, and then um, we will talk about it next week. Let's get the last week today because your hubby is on the line. We called him in special for this very special it, word. Unless he wants to hear my song that he's never heard. Honey, do you want to hear a song? You've I heard? think I sense a trap. <laughs> <laughs> mm, are your spidey senses tingling? Yeah, indeed. Yes. It, 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 it's it, only 15 seconds. Okay. All right. Hey, okay. Okay. The trap is set. Song. So I'm going to regret that I'm actually going. I had a chance to not do this, but now I'm going to do it anyway. So the thing is, when I was like a really little pup, so I mean, I'm a pup already, so this was only a few years ago. I, for whatever reason, had this song I came up with, and it's stupid. And so I thought I'd sing it on the show for all you furs. And here it goes. It's called Get Me. And it goes, I know you can get me, get me, get me, get. I know you can get me, get me, get me, get. And when you go to the Mickey house, I know you go. To the Mickey house. That is funny. That is funny. I know you can get me, get me, get me, get. I know you can get me, get me, get me, get, get me, get me, get me. Ow! Somebody's looking around my corner, 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 corner. Who could that be? Be, 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 sting, be, sting, be, sting. Ow! And there it is, and I will never live that down. But I had a chance to not do that, and I did it anyway. I am such a pup. Well, we're going to throw another challenge out to our musical furs out there. Put that to music. If there you, you go, and we'll play it on the show. <laughs> if you can put that, if you want to put that to music, reach out to me on Telegram, direct message me, and I will give you that portion of the clip, and you can put it to music. <laughs> Let's move along to last week today before we move into five minute furs. And the first thing we're going to talk about is that word that we, you didn't want to pronounce it last week. And what was that word, Tabin? Well, I didn't want to pronounce because I was pretty sure I knew how to pronounce it. But then I got scared that after I said, everyone pronounces it wrong. And then I was scared that I would say it wrong myself. So here is my hubby, Mr. Tatsu as it were, to uh, talk. Tell us how to pronounce that word and tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on to uh, talk about my pot habit. Um, uh, we <laughs> wag. We no, wag. That, that's a joke. But 
I'll explain. Anyway, uh-huh. last week you were talking about very interesting um, information that turned up in one of my books on bonsai. This was related to specifically uh, ficus plants, and they're uh, an indoor plant, and I have some growing in pots. Um, so the question of how to pronounce the word bonsai is uh, it's a very often mispronounced word, but the way I'm saying it is the correct way of saying it, bonsai. And um, I want to take a little... So it's not bonsai! No. no. I'll, I'll get to that too, but I want to take a little linguistic uh, detour here. And, you know, you guys had me on, and so too bad. <laughs> bonsai is a Japanese word, and in English it's spelled B-O-N-S-A-I. And there is a system, I mean, I, I'm sure we're all familiar with how Japanese and Chinese are language writing is in characters that don't look anything like Roman characters. They're lines and squiggles and dots and quiddies. Those are typically called kanji. So the Japanese actually have three different sets of characters that all Japanese people study. So there's kanji, which are pictographic. They're supposed to tell you what they mean because it looks like a picture. It's pretty abstract and a typical Japanese person, in order to be considered fluent in reading Japanese, would memorize over 2,000 kanji. Wow. Compared to our 26. (laughs) So it gets better. They also have two different alphabets that are phonetic. So characters that represent sounds. And they're a little simpler than kanji. Uh, So there's two sets. There's hiragana and katakana. And each of those alphabets has 46 characters. So in order to (laughs) become fluent in reading Japanese, you have to learn hiragana, katakana, 46 characters each, and then 2,000 kanji. Minimum. There are actually over 50,000 kanji, but the commonly one, commonly used ones that would be in a newspaper or a book would be about 2,000, <laughs> right? And this you is see, crazy. You see face right how now. difficult Good it is. Grief. You have to have a lot of appreciation for people who can read and write Japanese. It's really quite no difficult. Kidding. And wow. So there's, there's no way of us understanding what those mean. So long time ago, they came up with a system for translating those sounds into characters that could be expressed to people who read and write English or Spanish or French. And that's called hmm. romaji, romaji, romanizing the kanji, basically. And okay. interesting statistic, that system was developed in... 1548 okay. <laughs> by Jes- Jesuit priests who lived in Japan at the time. And kudos to them for being able to learn those <laughs> those characters. And then, you know, they wanted a standardized system to uh, write it down so that people back home would be able to read it and it would sound right. So it's a standardized system and the, the vowels and the combinations of vowels and consonants all have specific sounds. So when I see the word bonsai written B-O-N-S-A-I, I know that the O is O, not A, and that A-I is I, not A or something else. And huh. so bonsai, if I say bonsai to a Japanese person, they know what I'm talking about. Commonly in Western culture, we'll 
interpret that spelling to be bonsai. Mm-hmm. Bonsai means something else entirely in Japanese. Uh, of course it does. Bonsai! This is a, a, like a war, a war cry. Oh, okay. Kamikaze pilots would say that as they were flying their planes into ships or... Um, hmm. you know, sports teams will say it as they run out onto the field and that kind of thing. So bonsai and <laughs> like bonsai are trees. completely different things. Which would explain why my confusion when I was younger, when I was watching sports and stuff, and we'd see the, the Japanese teams and they'd be yell- and I'd say, why are they talking about their trees? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the, uh, I mean, we have the, the Romaji system that it, if you're familiar with it, tells you how to say it or you can just go to 1984 and the uh the original karate kid movie in which the ever annoying daniel was being <laughs> <laughs> taken mm-hmm. under the wing of mr miyagi and mm-hmm. at the uh the apartment house and he took him in after he got his ass kicked and mm-hmm. was showing him the bonsai that he was working on and he wanted Daniel to work on it and Daniel immediately called him baby trees. Mm-hmm. They're not babies at all I and mean, they can be actually quite old. I was mm-hmm. just reading the other day about a, a bonsai tree in Japan that's 700 years old. Really? Good grief. Yeah, right? And wow. <laughs> many times they don't know how old they are because they're, they're harvested from out in the wild. They find a tree and take it in and put it in a pot. And that's what bonsai mm. means is the cultivation of trees in pots and held at a miniature mm. scale. So wow. they're, they're not allowed to grow large like a tree in the wild, but the goal is to have them aesthetically look like a natural tree in the wild. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of different techniques for achieving that. And we won't get into that. As I said there, it's growing plants in pots and I really enjoy the aesthetics of the trees. Eventually, I hope I enjoy the aesthetics of my trees. Right now, they're pretty <laughs> not great. <laughs> I'm just starting out. I'm a, I'm a newbie in the world of bonsai. But uh, I also enjoy the aesthetics of the specific genre of bonsai pots. There are, ah. there are specific styles and features of a pot for growing a tree in a pot and developing it as a bonsai. And I've been kind of buying a lot of pots it's kind of become a problem oh. habit and hence so the hence your pot pro- your pot habit yes. my pot <laughs> habit yes yeah. all right friends. cool so anyway well, go out there and try growing your little trees in pots and know that good things come in trees awesome <laughs> Awesome. Good things, good things come in trees. <laughs> That's about all I've got, but I, I'll leave you guys with a, a little pun that I think your listeners will appreciate. Okay. So, what is the difference between a cat and a comma? Well, I don't know. What is the difference between a cat and a comma? One has claws at the end of the pause. The other <laughs> is a pause at the end of a clause. <laughs> all right all right guys thanks for having me thank you very much all right bye-bye bye thanks so much see you soon for dinner honey (laughs) okay (laughs) a pause at the end of a clause well there you go and uh good things come in trees trees (laughs) yes oh i get it i didn't understand that at first now i get it Trees, trees. Yes. (laughs) All right. I feel honored that I that Tatsu gave a pun that I didn't get. That's. I'm gonna let him know. (laughs) 
yeah, <laughs> you yeah, will ex- right. actually be excited about all right. it. I think we both learned like a lot there. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> say that again. Say what you were trying I to said, say. I said, yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. I learned okay, a lot. You said, yep. there we, okay, that, that was it. Okay. I knew that about the Japanese language that there was like so many. I mean, I started trying at one point and it's like, there's just so much. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. So, much yeah. Learn, so we have a, we have a friend who's Japanese and he, he lived there until he was like six. And what Tatsu didn't mention, of course, and you probably are aware, is that as you get older in the Japanese culture, your language evolves. You know, you have a child language and then you have the adult language. All he remembers is the language he learned as a child since he was only there till he was six. Oh, okay. And so when he goes back to Japan, because he imports Japanese beer back and forth to America, sometimes the elders giggle at him because he's using child language instead of the adult Japanese. You know, I I, I have a friend that's similar. I mean, he didn't, he lived, left Japan um, longer than that. He was born in Japan and everything, but um, his family always makes fun of him for like, one, not only like his Japanese, but also how he uses chopsticks or hashi, as they're called in, in J- Japanese. Okay. But they laugh at him because like he doesn't use hashi correctly or whatever, or like he's all <laughs> American in how he uses them. So his family's always laughing at him. Moving on to other th- another language thing. So we talked about a couple of weeks ago, going back at least two weeks, I think we talked about tortillas and oh, not, yeah. not putting cake in a tortilla. That's right. That's right. And we we mentioned that I mentioned that there was a dessert with tortillas, and I couldn't remember what it was called. And our our yeah. wonderful our wonderful Rain, our fact checker, pointed out to me that it is called a sopapilla. Oh yeah, I've heard of those. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it's basically a little sugared tortilla chip with cinnamon and honey on it. Oh, so there okay. you go. There you go. I've seen pictures of that. <laughs> sopapilla. 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 And then we talked about last week, the superhero in Canby. Oh yeah. That crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> did you have, did you have a chance to look it up and read about it at all? Only after I read that, what it was in the show notes that you had already done. So basically, no. Oh, okay. Okay. So he started out, his name is Guardian Shield. Guardian Shield. Yes. And he has a sidekick that he picked up in 2017 called Arachnite. Oh, really? Is he, is he like a spider yes. thing? Yes. It's a spider thing. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> yes. It makes sense then. Uh-huh. And um, he started out in Beaverton in 2015 and then he moved to Canby in 2016 and to back to uh, then to Kaiser in 2017. Oh wow. So and he did his little superhero gig everywhere along that. In 28 or 2019 he stepped away from the superhero gig and he's like ah, I'm getting too old for this kind of stuff. But he has recently returned in 2021 the beginning of this year in an oh. advisory capacity from his current residence which is a superhero secret. Dun, dun. And no you know, one should know where his lair no is. No the, where the lair. And you know, if um his psychic, the arachnite, if um he got a low-paying job, then he would have spidey sense. <laughs> wow, two two references to spidey sense in the same episode. In the That's same. <laughs> we're we're on a roll, I guess. I don't know. We are on a roll, a Kaiser roll, because we talked about Kaiser. <laughs> we did. <gasps> so that's three sort of references to the same 
things or yes. something. Wow. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you butter them up, they'll be nice to you. I know. I was trying again. I don't think that's You keep trying. I, just keep trying. No, don't wanna, make me keep trying. That's I, not a good just, thing. It's not a, well, it could be fun. But we're going to talk about furries. <laughs> Furrycons.com. We talk about this, about upcoming events, and that's my go-to site to look up what's happening in the furry world Mm -hmm. as far as conventions and conferences and stuff like that. Of course, do you know what the difference between a convention and a conference is? Oh, there's a difference. Mm. Convention and a conference. Right. Well, there's no... Both of them don't have... Well, actually, there's a con to both of them. (laughs) (laughs) And there are pros to both of them as well. So... A convention is more based on fans and fun things to do, and you go to all those kind of things, and you like sales and all that stuff. A conference is more about education. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, at a fur con, it's kind of a combination of the two because the panels can be informational and they can, you know, be imparting knowledge. Mm Mm-hmm. But Definitely. for the most part, they're all fun. And knowledge is fun, and fun is knowledge, and it's all wrapped into the same little fluff ball. Well, the a big same fluff little ball fluff ball. Case, big, big fluff ball can be, yes. So furrycons.com is run by fancons.com. And oh, it's, a site. It's, it's like a like little child um, of a bigger yes, entity. Of a okay. bigger entity, yes. They share the same database oh, of, okay. of, it was animated by, animated, it was pioneered by animecons. And fan cons, they both share the same database, but furrycons.com only lists furry cons mm-hmm. or cons with a significant furry programming within it. So mm-hmm. for example, in our coming up episode or our coming up section on furries in the news, we'll be talking about upcoming events and one of the things that we'll talk about was coming from this website. And then we talked about whether or not they just kind of found it on their own or whether people had to put the information in and you have to put the information in. So there is a submission form to say, here's my con, here's the information, and oh. then they publish it on their website. So that's that's so. why we talked about, I think last week, I noticed Bocanthro wasn't on there or something, and that would be why. <laughs> that would be why, because nobody submitted to them. So there you go. That's Everything I have for last week today, do you have anything that goes along that line? No, I think Tatsu, would just say that uh, Tatsu did it for me and yeah. in a, so much better than I could have ever done it. So uh have to have him on again to do that because we don't want any <laughs> friend to have to listen to me any more than they have to. So. <laughs> so let's move along to Fluffster's Abridged Dictionary. This is where we define words that Tabin has used either on the podcast or in the furry world in general. In the furry world in general. <laughs> I don't And a lot of times Tabin will throw out words and I just kind of pick them up and write them down and go, ooh, I'm gonna define that word. So the word today, today's word, today's podcast is brought to you by the word plopulate. 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 This is when many fluffs or furs take over a place and just plop down. A good example would be the various lounges at many conventions where you can get water and cool down. So to use it in a sentence, the cooling lounge at BLFC is often overpopulated and crowded. Or the party floor at Furcon, for the confusion, is often populated to the point where you can hardly walk from room to room. Populate. And there you go. That is the definition of the day. 
a really great word is puppy fur, or if you prefer, puppy fur. In either case, neither of those words have to do with popularity or anything. I don't know. The amazing, wonderful thing about those words is the word pup and the word fur is in both of those words. And that, I mean, just it's in the same word. It's so amazing. Anyway, that's uh, one of the best words ever. The five-minute furs, no one came in this week, which is fine. So we are going to move along. Move along, little puppy. Bark. To our media section. Let's do that again. That was really fun. Okay. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. What is wrong with me? I don't know, but that was fun. I don't know. That was fun. All right. So I'm still watching or rewatching, I should say, Game of Thrones. I'm up to episode eight of season one. And I've been reading my whiskey book and I make a point of drinking whiskey while reading my whiskey book, which makes it sometimes, but it makes it kind of hard to read the book sometimes because it's like, what did that word? What was that word? (laughs) Yeah. After a while. Yeah. I think um, I read this sentence like five times in a row and I still mm -hmm. think I need to read it again. (laughs) Yep. 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 And that's, that's pretty much it. And what have you been in the media world, Mr. T? Uh, Mr. I'm sorry. You're not, you're not Mr. T. I pity the fool. <laughs> I pity the poor stuff that don't uh, listen to our pupcast or something. I don't know. I really, mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. don't. So actually for my lunchy time, I've got, cause you know, I ran out of things and there's things out there and you've recommended and everything, but I can't get into it. I, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. so I, for lunchy, I've been going back and watching some old, old lunch, uh, lunch park, South Watch, Park episodes. Watching old lunch parts. Oh, look, been, there's a piece of rotten <laughs> ham. There's a piece of yeah, old it's like lettuce. There's, there's a reason I'm not eating my lunch because what I'm looking at is not appetizing at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been watching old um, South Park episodes, season seven, season 10 stuff, some season 21. Can you believe they've been running? Like, what are they in? Season 25, 27, something? They've been going so long. Anyway, so I've been watching that. As I talked about last week, we've been watching Man with a Plan, continued that. Really good show. That's really good. Really love it. Of course, continued on with Picard. And the last episode, we wa- I won't talk about it because uh, no spoilers for any for that it hasn't gotten around to. Because I, I didn't realize it was so new, actually. it's a, The first season was released in 2020. And yes. so they don't have season two. Season two is to be released in 2022. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize it's so new, but it's so oh, yeah. good. But I mean, you already knew all that. I'm saying things. I knew that. Yeah. You're already new, but really good. So the episode we just watched recently was a Nepanthi episode. Really good. Won't say anything about any because any for that hasn't seen it yet. But so far, it's definitely one of my favorite episodes so far of the season. It's just so good. There's like just a lot of feels and just. And a lot of feels. The general thing, I think you'll agree with me, what I'm going to say here, barely, about the show in general. It's like you have to be, I mean, you can watch it, just anyone can just watch it and think, oh, yeah, that's a good show. But if you're not like a Trekkie, like, mm-hmm. sure, you've seen a few episodes of Star Trek, fine. You, you can't right. be that. In order to really like have it deep in your soul about how great it is, you have to be a true, like, for example, Next Generation fan. And like me, this pup is all about Picard anyway. Next Generation, I've seen every single one of those episodes at least twice, some more than twice. Love it, love it, love it. So you've got to really be a Trekkie to really feel it in your fluff to understand. Is Am I right there? 
Correct. And there is a lot going on in that show totally, that ties totally. back to the next generation. And if so you, much. If you don't know what that is, and it actually and there's there's tie-ins to not only next generation, but there's tie-ins to Discovery, there's tie-ins to the original Star Trek, and there's tie-ins to Voyager. Oh wow! Okay, so, I haven't seen those yeah. episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, this is. I think I actually I think there's probably been those references to that, but I haven't. I it didn't click, so didn't, I'm gonna have to go back and click. listen, see the whole season again. I'm sure. So yeah, 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 and, love it, love and it. watch and watch Voyager because uh, yeah. Seven of Nine comes into Picard. Yeah, so. no, of course I I did actually know. Um, that yeah. reference, because duh, I was like when I saw that episode, I was like, "Wow, so mm-hmm. nice!" Yeah, no, I've I've seen all of uh, Voyager too, so good stuff. Well, you know what? We haven't done a classic comedy bit for a little while, and right. I have a oh, small wow. one. I have a small one that we can do. It's from Saturday Night Live, the Which original is, has Saturday great, Night Live. Yeah, the, yeah, it's true, the original, and of course. Saturday Night Live, especially these days, it's hit or miss in a way. It's usually good for whatever, you know. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah, no, they do have some definite classic stuff in there. Oh, definitely. This is this is from nine this is from the nineteen seventies. So this is a long time ago. And this was a little clip from their original weekend update. Original. Yes, with Chevy Chase as the host of Weekend Update. So I'll be playing the part of Chevy Chase, and Tabin will be playing the part of Emily Latella. She's a little old, little old, little, little, little old lady. Little old lady in this skit. Yeah. It's really short. Jump on in. Here we go. In an effort to allow all opinions on our show, as if we don't already, here is an editorial retort is Tabin. Hello, hello, hello. So I have to know, what is all this fuss I keep hearing about violins on television? Why don't parents want their kids to see violins on television? I mean, come on, they're violins. These are very, very useful, important things. I thought the two cellos concerts were just, just lovely. If if they only show violins on television after ten o'clock at night, well, the little the little fur babies will oh, they'll all be asleep and they won't learn any music appreciation. Ah, oh, oh. okay, okay. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if if they don't learn about the violins, they'll learn to play guitars. And I'm sorry, but this. Cheers me up. I, they'll play drums. They'll play bongos. Bongos, I tell you. And and they'll go to Africa and join those rock and roll outfits. And they won't drink their milk. They won't drink their milk. Not even apple juice. I think there should be more violence on television. Gung howdy. More and less game shows. What is it with these game shows? That's for another editorial. What? 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 The issue was violence on television. Violence, not violins. The viol. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm against that too. So, uh, well, that's different. Um, never mind. 
There it uh, is. There it there is. There it is. There it is. And you can oh. go on YouTube and just type in violins in America, Saturday Night Live, and you can see, or violins on television, sorry, um, on Saturday Night Live, and uh, you can see the original sketch. Emily Latella. There's a whole bunch of those where she was on the show. So, all right. I think it is time to get to our guest. He has been waiting long enough. Oh, well, yeah. we interviewed him a long time ago, but he's been in the in the in the electronic files long enough. It's time to release the file so everyone can hear the words that he has to say. And it's Coca Dope. Coca Dope. Dope. Wonderful, wonderful, cute furry artist. Um, well, I don't know. I haven't seen him, so I don't know if he's a cute furry <laughs> artist. But he does cute furry furry art. art. Oh, we'll there we that. are. Yes. There we go. <laughs> There you go. His art style is very cute. Uh, it's very, I would say it's very almost Cartoon Network-ish. It is. It's very, if any fur out there knows Jib Cody, I think a lot of you furs know um, about the art of Jim Jib Cody. Um, it, it's uh, akin to that. So um, yeah, let's, let's take right. a listen, shall we? Joining us today is Coca Dope, also known as Ethan. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Not too bad, man. I'm, I'm actually in a pretty good mood. It's been a little crazy this year, but things are slowly getting better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nice. Crazy is fun. Oh, and let me introduce myself. Hi there, Coca Dope. My name is Taven. I'm a pup. Bark, bark. Thank you so much for being on the show on this fine evening or whatever time it is for you over there. Pleasure to meet you too, Taven. Bark, bark. Yay, bark. <laughs> we wag. Oh, there's. I'm so excited by all the wagging that's already happening. So, Taven, do you have some questions for Ethan, a.k.a. Coca Dope? So, Coca Dope, how are you on this fine evening? You already told us, but it's been a few seconds, and I want to make sure everything is still wonderful and fluff in your world. Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. I've been going through like the bouts of art block, which I think is, you know, the rite of passage for any artist who has been working at least like professionally. Maybe not professionally too, you know. I've I've been through that whole stint, but like I'm coming back out of it. I'm making it my own. I'm clawing my way back into what what they would call a uh, working professional condition. So it's 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 a definitely definitely bit of passage. Good, the rite of the fluff passage. That's an important passage to go through, I think. So tell us, Mister Cocodope, when did you first realize that you were or are a furry? You're, you're starting off with like hard questions. Okay, so. When did I find out I was a furry? So if you want to talk about when I joined the fandom, technically it was probably back in like 2017. But if you want to talk about like when I was into furry stuff, it was it was way beyond that, like probably 10 years prior to that. I would I would do a lot of like existing on like weird image boards and like small art sites and stuff. So like I was really big into DeviantArt. That was kind of like my first foraging into like posting art online. And, and I'd see a lot of furry characters and I'd be like, this is kind of cool, but all of my friends all the time just absolutely hated furry. It didn't matter, like, you know, what it was. It was just like, furry is bad. Furry is something you should stay away from and should never consider yourself part of that. I'm sure you guys are aware of, like, the whole reputation furry had not even, like, 10, 10, 20 years ago versus, like, now. It's like, back in the day, like, you, you'd hear about that stuff and people would just be like, I want nothing to do with that. And if you associate with that, I don't know if I could be friends with you. So, like, I, I kind of had, like, you know, furry interests on the down low for a very long time. I think it was, like, back in, like, 2016, I kind of started to venture out because I was getting a lot more into it. And I wanted to start drawing it because there was a lot of really cool artists and a lot of really cool games that were, like, working with furry style. 
style. I, I don't know what you want to call it, furry style, but they were working like, you know, they were drawing anthro characters and I was like really about it. But like, I didn't know how to start drawing it without people like, you know, immediately jumping on me and saying like, whoa, 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 what are you doing right now? So I uh, posted like a like a fur affinity account on like like 2016 and it was like so secretive and so like down low and like i told nobody about it and i was so worried that like if if it came out like that i was drawing furry stuff it would ruin my life so i actually ended up deleting that account and like postponing the whole furry thing oh no yeah it was it was bad man like i was i was so anxious but i was so proud of all the art that i was posting it was like weird seeing like the genuine engagement i'd get compared to like you know posting on deviantart and like other other weird places on the web like people were just so like excited about art and that that's just what always took got me back into it i was like crap dude like i don't get this kind of engagement anywhere else and like i actually like what i'm drawing right now so like maybe i should keep doing that i do like your style you have a really new unique style i like i've seen a lot of your work i like it thanks man i appreciate it it is it's a it's a really cute style and well a lot of furs apparently think so because, well, you have a lot of followers. And I saw some of message boards on your stuff recently and like a lot of furs like your stuff. I think one fur said that they live and die by your art or something. So that was pretty cool. Thank you very much. That's just also a very <laughs> overwhelming statement. So whoever whoever said that, thank you. You you have made my night in a very small way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could accidentally do that. It's weird, right? Because like uh, popularity is is like a very odd topic. Like you can talk about like pure numbers, pure engagement, pure like, you know, all that stuff ticking up and down versus like, you know, your engagement with the actual crowd in like the, the scene. I would I would consider like my account much more like people people are aware of my branding and people are aware of like what I do, but I I hardly like I think am involved in like a lot of the community stuff at large. Like I'm still I'm still pretty unaware of a lot of the things going on around me. I tend to keep to like smaller groups and with my friends and like I still go to cons and stuff, right? But like I I'm just awful at socializing. I I, I wouldn't know the first thing about it. <laughs> Neither would I. We we are in the same boat. So you know, that for affinity account for like a long time was it just you looking at your own stuff because you wouldn't let any other for know or anything and you were just like commenting on your own feeds and stuff. It was definitely like other people were engaging with it. It was it was weird because I, I thought, you know, I'd kind of be posting a little echo box, kind of like what you're saying, like where it would just be kind of a more self-gratiating sort of thing. But it was it was immediate. Like there's just people like, you know, saying really, really kind, nice things. And I think it, it's, you know, for affinity, at least at the time, made it very easy to like, you know, find people who, who did similar art or like had similar vibes and similar kind of like tastes that you could like kind of get in contact with pretty easily. I didn't really make a lot of friends on the platform but i definitely like like found at least some sort of like following for for like what i was doing and it was funny because i just like i gave it up so quickly i was like no i can't do this is too much pressure then at some point you mr kokodo got a fursona so tell us about fursona and what is a kokodope what what is a kokodope taven is familiar with it because i'm also dog very much dog uh bark 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 <laughs> i wag so i am wagging so much right now so if, if you want to get technical back in 2017 when i really first started to do the whole furry thing this is when i got out of school i also was going through like a lot of drama in deviant arts because it was just like a lot of discourse about like art and like uh, what was going on at the time that i just wanted nothing to do with 
And so I kind of like ollied out of DeviantArt. I literally just abandoned my account and uh, decided to make a new account over like on another site. And I was like, crap, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I need to like, you know, reinvent myself and just like start new. So I made I made a Fox character and a lot of people aren't going to know about it. But he was like this green neon like mess that I was calling it my mascot at the time because I was I was still very much furry adjacent. Or do you mean your mascot? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, my my mascot. Uh, so I had I had this character that I drew and it was like a green fox and, you know, very much represented me as a person. And I, I was still very apprehensive about calling a fursona. It wasn't until I got onto Twitter that like I really just like said, all right, like I'm furry. I, I, I can do whatever I want, you know. But like over over time, the fox, I think, began to like represent a lot of like stuff about myself that I didn't really like. And a lot of my branding that I kind of wanted to like change and leave behind. So once again, reborn trial by fire. You know, I'm now a dog somehow. And I, I felt like a dog just kind of happens sometimes. I realized that like I related a lot more with that, like as an animal versus like a fox, like a lot of the qualities. Like I really like taking long walks. I really like getting out, you know. I love meeting new people as much as I say I'm very bad at socializing, you know, making new making new friends, meeting uh, new events and stuff like that. So it just kind of stuck. And what species is Kokodo? collie but like like kind of uh, a rough mix of a collie like like all over the place a little bit more mutt than collie a rough mix yeah <laughs> stop you're gonna kill me Taven. so kokodoka i gotta tell you if you haven't paid much attention to our podcast there is puns aplenty so just brace yourself oh yeah okay i i fully knew what i was walking into i embrace it and i love it okay <laughs> <laughs> okay okay good 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 so when i made my fursona as a fox i was like all right i guess i need a i need a new fursona i i guess i like foxes everybody goes through that you know that's like their their rite of passage as like a joining like i feel like when you join the furry fandom you have a government assigned foxona like before you 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 know get into the the real stuff so i i really didn't vibe with him as much like maybe color wise he was cool but like uh the dog like just really fit me personality wise and like i i kind of went for like a mutt because i also to do not know where I'm from. I have an adoptive parent oh. and ah. not really much background. So I, I figured that would like kind of fit with me, you know, motley genetics. He's got a stub tail too. He's just like, he's just a mess. <laughs> Don't you mean motley genetic? Oh. But he's got a stub tail and that, that's really good. He must have wagged it too hard against the desk because now he it's a stub. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do at cons, Cocodope? Same thing that most people do. Uh, I that is actually very presumptuous. <laughs> so I, on my part, I think I've gone to maybe one con where I haven't worked. It's it's like I, I started cons also in 2017. Uh, for context, this was like right when I was out of school. I, uh, I I'd done four years of college in New York, and I came out of it like I don't know what the hell I'm doing with myself, you know? Because I I've got like you know my whole career ahead of me. And, like, I wasn't really finding jobs that were fitting, and I wasn't really finding a lot of stuff that was, like, really gelling with me at the time. I maybe took, like, a few freelance positions that just, like, really weren't, like, long-term or, like, really, really meaningful. And one of my friends was like, Ethan, you need to deal at furry cons. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you can go to these things and sell things. You can sell prints. You can sell, like, sketches. You can sell other objects and i'm like great uh sure but every time he'd hit me up it would always be like i i was too busy or i didn't have the money and i was just uncertain about it because like you know joining the furry fandom like that going to a con is is such a big 
you know, uh, rite of passage. Like that's like a thing that you get into and you're like, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's like a lot of risk because, you know, you could go to this thing and know nobody and have a terrible time. So like, he, 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 it took, it took him a few times of trying to like get me to go to one before he finally recommended, uh, my first con, which was for apocalypse back in 2017. And that was, that was a lot of fun. I wasn't expecting to uh, get into the dealer's den because he was like, "Yo, they got open positions for the artist alley." I had no idea what what that meant, you know, because I I just always was used to the artist alley at anime cons being like the quote unquote dealer's den, and then the dealer's room would be like you know where every, all the all the companies are selling their stuff. But it's kind of the opposite way, where it's like more dealer's den is like if you're like more of a professional art setup and artist if you're kind of trying to dabble in doing sales. And so, like, I applied for artists, and they reached out to me, and they're like, no, 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 hey, buddy, we got an open spot for the dealer's den. Do you want to do that? And I'm like, uh, okay. So Why um, not? Yeah, it was it was a weird experience, because I, I, like, you know, went from, like, knowing nothing about doing sales to, like, literally having to learn everything within, like, a week or two before the actual convention started. And it was, it was a lot, and it was a lot of money and a lot of, like, just, uh, like, learning and talking to people who, who had experience. Luckily, I was, like, in a group chat with a lot of really, really cool people at the time who, who kind of adopted me and said, here you go, here's some information, sweetie, Le- learn about, learn about becoming an adult now. And I'm like, great. Great, awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. So in in that time though, like yeah, I uh, I ended up going to this con and like uh, it was it, it was like very weird for me and I was felt very out of my element. But um, sales were okay. I made some good friends. Uh, I actually had a had a pretty good time overall. Like I wasn't expecting to enjoy myself as much as I did. And then I immediately went into MFF. <laughs> it's like, yeah, imagine, imagine selling at MFF as your second convention. It was, it was a lot. Like I had a friend who was selling there, and they were like, "Hey, I got some free table space if you want to come in." And I'm like, "Ooh!" And and from that point on, it was like I was hooked. I was like, I can't stop doing this. So I did the con scene for like three years, I think, up until about COVID started. And it was funny because I was like really actually worn out of cons by that point, and said I needed a break. And then COVID, of course, was like, here, here, fam, why, why doesn't everybody take a break? And I'm like, oh, no. So you started in the fandom in 2017. And by 2018, you were guest of honor at for Apocalypse. Yeah. So funny enough, after my first year, like, like I said, the, uh, the dealers, uh, they reached out to me in 2017. And they were like, we really like you do the dealers done. And I'm like, cool. So it was like about 2018, like early, early 2018, I think when I got a message from the same people. And they're like, hey, so we're looking for GOH people, uh, and we think you do a really good job. We really like your stuff. Uh, if if we ask them if you can be in, you know, do you do you want to do the position? And I'm like, I know nothing about what that means. You know, GOH is like a, like a really prestigious, like cool thing that like you know, it's it's an honor. <laughs> That's the guest of honor part, I guess. Uh, so I, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, uh, I ended up getting in because like, you know, they, they really didn't pitch any other ideas. Uh, like, uh, apparently the, the board was just like having a hard time finding like good people for a fit. And so I ended up getting onto the project and it was, it was funny because like, I, I took a much more involved role, I think, than most GOHs typically take. Like, I actually started leading some art direction stuff for them at the time because they kind of like were going through some major changes in their departments. And they, I, I was like, you know, I love, I love this con because you know, for Apocalypse is very special. And it'll always have a special place in my heart because it's like the Halloween for furry con. You know, <laughs> it's in Connecticut. It's a new New England area. 
you know, really, really nice time of year. It's like, I think the, literally the end of October. So you get that like beautiful weather for like fursuiting. It's just beautiful out because it's Connecticut. You know, you get all the, mm-hmm. the trees shedding their leaves and stuff. It's it's a vibe that like, I honestly can't like say I've really experienced at any other convention I've gone to. Nice. Cool. Um, What were your duties as Ghost of Honor? Ghost of Honor? Ghost of Honor. Ghost of Honor. <laughs> Ghost of Honor. <laughs> Well, it's a Halloween thing, right? And like something bad happened to the poor pup. How about guest of honor? What were your duties as guest of honor at Furcopolis? Oh my cow, Furpocalypse 2018. As guest of honor, it's it's really cool, right? Because like a convention, it's like a way for a convention to attract other people to their venue by grabbing someone who might, you know, be more in in the in in the I don't know the word for it. If you have like a popular writer or a popular artist or like someone who's like kind of you know really getting around the the furry community, typically it's a great idea to grab them as guest of honor because it gets other people interested in attending the event. Because the guest of honor is like kind of the representative for like the uh the theme and like the the whole attitude behind the convention more or less that year you know they uh they're required to do some panels they're required to you know usually do some form of public appearance in my case i was i was asked to do the dealer's den again which is like no brainer i'm making money and i'm also doing you know exactly the stuff the con wants me to do the uh the con itself had a really cool dinner like i think it was like friday night or saturday night where, where i, I uh, ended up going and, and hanging out and talking to some people but it's great because the, the other big uh responsibility at least in in my case they, the reason why they typically hire like writers or artists is because they do a lot of the assets for the convention and they they basically help shape it up so it's got like more more personality and more like kind of cohesion behind it and like i said in my case i i was uh kind of grafted into like the art department and i i uh i got a few of my friends and and some other people to like come in and help like develop a whole package for for the convention for their website and for like their shirts and their their other merch that they were selling at the con store so it is a lot of work but they they in exchange give you like you know uh like a free flight free free form of travel they'll give you like you know uh room for the weekend and access to like the whole convention and some other fun goodies you know along the way usually wow that's a lot of good stuff yeah, I mean, they kind of treat you like a rock star, which is like nice. It's 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 a really cool experience. Like, you know, for anybody who gets the chance to do it, I, I highly recommend it. I, I did actually do that one year, a few years ago at a local con. Ooh. So yeah, it's it's good times. And it's a lot of work. Like you were just saying, like you, you don't just lay around you have to do stuff no you're like in communication with the con for like most of the year if it's if it's a good con and they they're utilizing you know their their goh properly they're definitely in contact with you i think some cons can have a habit of overstepping their boundaries and understanding like you know how much work it is that goes into to actually setting up the assets but you know it's important i think as the goh to be able to say no sometimes and be like yeah you're overstepping your boundaries here maybe like let's try to renegotiate what it is that you're getting into but typically you'll be signing a contract in some form of like meeting's going to happen to help like elaborate what your responsibilities you know total as and i have to say i'm very proud of you for many reasons kokodo and two of the reasons are in things you said just recently one was you were talking about the cons and how you have to be in contact with them all the time and i was really proud of you for saying that and also Earlier, you were talking about you had to give context to um, the fur cons, and you said fur context, and I was very proud of you for that, too. 
So those are two reasons I'm proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. So how long have you been doing the art things and illustrating and what drew, ha ha, you to it? Oh. That is, that's a, that's another, that's another really big question. Art has always been like a really big thing to me in my life. Like I, I don't think there's ever been a day that I haven't drawn, you know, or at least been like in that zone of like, yeah, I, I absolutely love what I do, you know, more, more or less, I'm starting to hate it more now, but it's because like, I've got a lot of work on my plate and I'm starting to feel a little bit more stressed out about like where I'm at with my career and like what I'm trying to do, you know, future wise, because it turns out getting older means that you have less time to do the things that you want to do. And so it's like, it's definitely been a bit of converse slide of that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure everybody here knows how that feels. But Well, I hope to always be a pup so I don't ever have to feel that. Yeah, let's just let's just stay 25 forever. I'd love that. Uh. Actually, I'm, I'm only five. I'm actually only five years old. So I, you know, I, I plan to stay that way forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I absolutely stand that. I think that's a wonderful perspective to have. <laughs> but, you know, realistically, going back to like, you know, me growing up, I spent a lot of time doing art. Like, I know I was drawing comics and stuff when I was like three or four years old. My parents are constantly picking up like scraps for me, you know, because I just litter on paper a lot. But I had an uncle growing up specifically who works in animation and was teaching over at the College of Creative Studies. A lot of people really like him. I'm not going to dox his name, but you know, he's a cool guy. And so he would visit every so often and kind of like, you know, talk about his life as his charmed life doing animation for like different studios and like, you know, teaching and all that stuff. And every time I'd just be like captivated, I'd be like, this is absolutely what I want to do with myself. And, you know, I I can't see my life going any other way. And I actually got a chance to go visit him a few times while I was growing up to go check out the college to go kind of like take some small courses and stuff like that. I don't think there was ever really a doubt that I wanted to do art in my mind. And I know that's not really the case for everybody who who gets into the because like I know some people who are like a little bit younger than me who just started a few years ago who are just doing is fantastic you know who are doing great stuff but for me it was definitely just what I love doing and I, I can't really see myself going anywhere else it was your destiny oh strong word but you know if you want to consider it yeah in some way absolutely we want to consider it that is what we want to do right now and so you do this full time you were talking about kind of being doing this professionally so this is your full time fluff Yeah. So I starting, I think, back in 2007, like all the way back, uh, was when I really started to first post art online. And I don't think there's really ever been like a section of my life where I haven't been finding some sort of online board to like post art and like make friends with other people who are posting art but i ended up going to college uh for it specifically from like i think 2012 to 2016 that's that's uh no 2017 that's when i when i graduated but yeah i i went to a professional university set up for for that whole thing i did college in new york for like four years of my life. I I lived a little bit longer there than like, you know, I did college, but it was definitely a huge part in like me, like finding ways to kind of like vamp out my career and learn more serious uh, aspects of art besides like, I like drawing, let me just draw whatever I want. Like I definitely had fundamentals in like a lot of the courses that I took, like a longer understanding, like more thorough. Like I did a lot of anatomy studies, a lot of like color studies, a lot of things that, you know, learn from a typical college environment. So that definitely played a little bit you know, into, into me, me taking it more like a professional career, I would say. 
Well, it's always great to like be doing what you love. So that's actually, I wag for you about that. And do you have a favorite character to draw these days? I imagine, I imagine throughout your entire uh, career, we'll just call it a career since the beginning, you've had different things you've drawn in different favorite character or characters or something. Where has that morphed to? Where is that now for you, Mr. Cocodope? A lot of it was I would do these little comics of like characters that maybe weren't really important to me at the time, but they're kind of like a conduit to like tell like small stories and small like things that are going on with me. I've always used art and this is like my form of expression as like a sense of I want to talk about my life growing up and I want to talk about the things that I'm very familiar with because I grew up as a very queer person, you know, <laughs> very very un- un- unabashedly gay but like y- you know growing up i had a lot of i had a lot of like roads that like i had to go down because like uh, i wasn't really certain about my identity so i, I like telling a lot of little tiny stories about these kids going through some you know stuff whether it's about themselves or about the people around them a lot of like the drama that that ensues from that so like i had characters specifically like these two chuck and dean that i like used to do a little comic series about nowadays i have another character august who like uh it's another dog very similar to my sona but he's a lot more loose and like uh <laughs> he's got like that cheech and chong kind of thing going on man you know like very very out out and nice he does nice. sit better with the socialization yeah, much, much more outwards and friendly and like what I wish I, I could be in myself. So I could say a lot of my characters are like obviously exemplified parts of myself that I want to share with other people. But if there's any characters to get back to your question that I like drawing, it's definitely like a lot of the ones that I've come up with along the way. I don't do a lot of fan art, surprisingly. I just never really feel the inclination to do that. And I don't tend to keep up with like memes and all that stuff. It just takes too much like willpower out of my brain. Like I, I feel exhausted when I try to keep up with trends, which is why I think I'm not not great at social media, but you know. <laughs> so you in the summertime, you stay hot all the time because you don't do any fan art. Mm. I'm waiting for the for the crickets. Are you ready for the crickets? Because they're coming. My my brain is like just trying to comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Fuck. No, Tabin. When he said he doesn't, he doesn't do fan art. He doesn't draw fans. There's just no fans in his art. Oh, oh. okay. Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, uh, that, that's where okay. I was. Yeah. Okay. So, are yeah. we all on the same page, Fluff? Now, do we all? <laughs> are we all on the same pun page? I think we are all on the same pun page at this point. He doesn't realize he's being punished this whole night. No, I'm being destroyed. Absolutely. Yes. But I'm, I, I embrace it. I take it on as, as a form of uh, flattery and challenge. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so what is the biggest project that you have done? Oh, that's uh, so I, I have the worst uh, worst track record with projects. I would say probably one of the more notable bigger projects I've worked on uh, outside of the industry was my, my podcast, Dope Talk, which was like also back in 2017. A lot of stuff happened in 2017 in a very short period of time. And, and I quickly learned that doing a lot of things at once is bad, especially when you're when you're trying to do them very well. Because when you when you try to spread your attention so thin, it just makes things hard. So uh, I really I really wanted to make a podcast around the time I was on another one a long time ago, and it kind of like really filled my brain with like I love I love uh, talking to people, and I love like hosting, and I love like the idea of like creating a curated kind of like little thing that that other people can enjoy. And podcasts just happen to be in that like territory of like 
not very hard to make, but like, you know, definitely you can do a lot to make it your own. So at the time I was like meeting a lot of these really cool artists and, and other creators like around Twitter. Cause like, that's when I really first started off. Like my, my Twitter account was really starting to grow. I was meeting, I was meeting a lot of really cool, interesting people. And I was like, so enamored with that process that it was like crud, you know, I, uh, I, I really want to bring that, you know, feeling and experience to other people. So I uh, started inviting a lot of the people that I was meeting on onto my podcast and like, you know, interviewing them and talking about their life experiences and like kind of what got them into doing. Because like, I know a lot of people, at least in the creative community, they want like uh, to, to get some notoriety. They want like a sense of like accomplishment. They want to they want to be able to share their stuff easier. And so like, I'm, it seemed like the the best option to interview people who've gone through all that, you know, who who could maybe offer some little bits of wisdom and like a few jokes here or there. So that that's kind of like what started Dope Talk. But you know, all all good things come to an end. And for me, it was like, I just couldn't keep up with the whole process of like reaching out to people, creating assets, setting up schedules, setting up podcast scripts, setting up. That's why we have a staff. <laughs> yeah, you guys know, you, you had someone contact me specifically, you know, and, and that's great. I love I love it when you can like, you know, optimize it. But a lot of the stuff I was doing on my own at the time, because like I was creating like individual assets for each episode and it was just so much. And I, I want to, I always want to do more, but at, at the state that I'm in right now with my uh, commission list, it's just, it's a lot, you know? <laughs> so I, I had to put that project on the back burner. Occasionally it'll come back every other year and like, I'll do a few episodes and kind of give people like a little bit of what they, they liked. But I would say that's my most consistent project, despite being as largely inconsistent as it is. Well, and you, and you've had some um, great furs on um, Dope Talk too. Like you had Kyle Gold and he... Yeah, you guys had Kyle Gold too. Uh, yeah, he's fun to talk to. Yeah, you you notice that? How how exciting? Yeah, no, I, I I went through I went through a few of them. You guys got a uh, Kage Kyle. Uh, God, there's one more that I recognize that was like pr- really cool. Um, I think you had Pepper Pepper in there uh, a, a little bit ago. We had Pepper recently. We've had Foxamore. We've had Paco Panda. Yeah, Foxamore. I can see all that stuff. Like your your classic your classic furry cast. Um, so like I it, it helps it helps a lot when you can kind of get like some name recognition in there to help bring in people to like uh you know say oh well i like this person so i might as well check the podcast out stay come for the come for the company stay for the podcasters you know (laughs) great way to advertise yourself honestly also really great for making connections speaking of which you just said advertisement so mr coca dope you commission don't you how can we find out about getting commissions from you uh, well, it sounds like his commission list is really full right now, Tabin. Yeah, it I, doesn't need more. No, I I can talk a little bit about it with commissions. I've always been at a point where I feel like I've had a list of things to do, and then like it just keeps growing because either I'll have like some bills that come up, or like some other project that comes up that like it's really hard for me to like kind of focus on everything at once. Like even Dope Talk, I think, got in the way of my list a few times. But I used to have a website where I host a lot of my content and. It had like some commission information on it and it was like costing me money to host this thing and the information was wrong and I hated updating it. So I took all that down and I was like, 
I'll put it back up at some point and I'll have like all the rest of my commission information and like everything else that that people might want to find. But the problem is when you don't have time for that, you don't do that and then you just forget about it. And that's kind of like where a lot of my things are at right now, where it's like I'm in the middle of like kind of rebranding and resetting up everything and I'm constantly re-rebranding and re-re-rebranding. And, you know, if anybody ever wants commissions, at least on my part, this is I think where a lot of people find success is just posting commissions briefly on Twitter with some examples and like a little handle and like I prefer doing all my stuff via email. I I don't know how other people do it via DMs, but it drives me nuts. I can't deal with clients who are in my DMs because more often than not, there's like a weird sense of entitlement of like, you know, oh, I'm just going to DM you whenever and like, you know, it's, it's cool when you can gel with somebody but I'm sure you guys have dealt with it where like it's uh, it's like someone who just doesn't really understand boundaries or doesn't really understand like what is a little bit too much, at least information wise. I think that's how it is. Not for me, probably, but for every other fur that has to deal with me. So I think every other fur knows how that is because of me. Yeah, I mean, you got, you guys did the whole email thing. You had somebody email me specifically. So like I always feel like emails is a great conduit for like keeping things professional because when you send an email it's like definitive it's one big message it's like something that like you have to think about before you send otherwise it's like kind of like you're wasting time that's a great way to keep it together <laughs> and so where can first find a way to email you so you mentioned twitter that's a good thing you also have a patreon is that still active and have your information yeah, oh no, Patreon is actually, you know, this is the same thing. Uh, I, I could give like a list of things uh, that, you know, people who are trying to start their, their career on, on Twitter. Patreon, very, very useful. Doesn't even matter if it's like a few dollars a month that, you know, you're getting from this thing because there's no downside to doing Patreon outside of like not understanding what is like a like a deliverable project or like a deliverable product to someone for like you know the amount of money they quote unquote donate to you every month patreon without it i i absolutely would not have been able to like pay for my bills last last month like for like my rent specifically oh well nice wow uh not last month uh last year excuse me like after covid happened in and cons went down like that was a decent chunk of my income like every couple of months like i'd get these big paychecks going to these cons it really helped helped fill in those gaps because like suddenly people were donating bit by bit you know and i i could i could kind of like look forward to like a steady stream of like income despite not opening commissions every single month you know and it wasn't always like i was expected to like deliver a bunch of things sometimes you give people the options to like pay you just a dollar a month and and you basically say hey thanks you know you don't have to deliver it personally but like a patreon like will give you the message you know via after you after you donate like you write a little thank you message but you can also offer things like prints and stickers and like uh, sketch rewards and even like wallpapers or like access to polls for like oh what should i draw this month it, there's there's a lot of fun little things you can do so for anybody interested in like learning to work with that i just recommend going to someone's uh you know patreon uh that you that you admire someone who's doing well and seeing what they're offering and then kind of building your own off that there's never any shame in like learning from other people who who do what they do well because they do it well for a reason you know they've got a good foundation and learning to make that good foundation yourself is like a really important you know uh, start i think to getting getting social media going yeah nice and so i guess what is your patreon and what is your twitter sounds like those are the two main ways we can find out about your work and and all that good stuff patreon it's a little shaky and twitter too Uh, i like i said i'm really awful at social media 
like I used to spend a lot more time posting and like putting myself out there and like trying to like really like uh, connect with people. But it feels like more often than not these days, I, I just don't have the time for it. And I feel like the stuff that I have to say is like just kind of all over the place and maybe not super relatable. And like, I just never really know. I feel like if I put myself out on Twitter, there's like, it's like a crapshoot as to whether or not someone's going to get really what I'm going through at the time. I need to get a little bit more confident about like what I'm posting. Cause I feel like people just like hearing like, you know what you're going through. But with, with, with both those, those are the, the best way to find my content specifically. I used to have a website and trying to put that back up, but God knows how long it's going to take, you know? <laughs> and so on your Patreon, you stated now, this is a big thing. In 2020, it was a huge year for you. And you were going to make even bigger, and I quote, bigger things happen. And that, but, but you couldn't say much at that time. Can you say much now? Yeah. So this is kind of going back to like when I was talking about, uh, you know, the direction of my career that I, I wanted to take because, you know, I've been doing furry commissions more seriously for the last three years. Like that's been my like primary source of income outside of selling merch, going to furry cons and like doing some other miscellaneous stuff on the side. For me, I, I've been trying to figure out like, what can I do to like kind of push myself forward? And so I'm not just doing this for the rest of my life. Cause as much as I love it, like I kind of want to start working on bigger projects for the thing that I'm really excited to start getting into is uh, game design and uh, doing like Twitch streaming and stuff. But I did just start also working with a, a Twitch streaming VTuber setup that I made the other weekend in like a weird fevered haze of like, I never do anything for myself. I need to work on something that I want to do for once. you know. <laughs> Cause I, I've been going through a lot. Like I've been doing just a lot of work for other people these days so like whenever i get the chance to work on something that's like more of like a personal identity thing i'm like so about it you know i mean it gets me so excited you wag you wag all over oh you know i, I wag hardcore nice <laughs> hardcore wag so speaking of hardcore i have a request of you kokodo could you please sing a line or two from a favorite song of yours that's that's a tough question why <laughs> No. What? I don't know if you if you know that I actually do singing. I, I sang most of my life, uh, and then I also play guitar a lot. Um, here, I could actually bring out my guitar real quick. Wow. Tabin, did you know this about him ahead of time, or did this just like come out of the blue? This, I, I'm just a pup. I don't know things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds like you knew something that well, I didn't. I, I don't think so. I, I actually don't think I did. <laughs> I think my, my guitar is in tune. Let sounds me... okay to me. Yeah, it sounds all right. No, hold up. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Nope, that's not right. No, that's not right. I play guitar too. That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what's a song that I do? The song that he was just playing was Tune Your Guitar. Tune Your Guitar by... Ethan Kogadope. <laughs> do you guys regularly ask your guests to sing songs? Is that something? Sometimes it depends on the artist. Depends. Yeah, I'm assuming you had Pepper go on and do do a song for you guys at some. Honestly, point. Pepper did not sing anything for us. Weird, because I've seen I've definitely seen him do uh, like live live recording sessions or like yeah. live uh, yeah. yeah live sets. Um, so I have to think back because we've had Pepper, we've had Fox, we've had Cassidy. And none of them, none of them sang for us, did they, Tabin? None of them sang for us. Nope. I think we missed the boat on that. Okay. Uh, 
Why was I gonna say? What's the new one? One of my favorite songs right now. It's Manchild. <laughs> okay. Great, okay. great name. It's by Eels. They're a really fantastic band uh, from the '90s. I believe they're they're still making music up to this day. Well, good for good for the eels that make music. And every time you crave for me, <laughs> I'm here. And anything you hunger for, I'll share. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at joke. Okay. <laughs> and I will be quietly standing by. <laughs> But slowly I <laughs> Somehow I don't think we're supposed to be laughing at this serious song. No, it's it's a pretty good song. Like it's 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 very good. Hold me in your arms. I can't I can't right now. Okay. But that's all right. That's cool. That's all right. I've been, I've been playing for a while. Nice. No, that that was amazing. It was much better than this little pup can do right here. So uh, thank you so much for that. We clap with pausies. Yay. Every fur out there in the pot of clap for pausies. So is there anything else that you need to ask him, Tabin, before I wrap this up? No, I, I think I think I'm good. So Ethan, Coca Dope, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about you? Just trying my best. Something I read recently that made me feel really good. It was a tweet from Scott Benson, the game developer who made Night in the Woods. They they wrote that I think they didn't work on their first major project until they were like twenty eight. They didn't work on like their first major game project until they were like 32 so like you know as someone struggling going through the whole process of like oh man i just need to do everything right now and have it all done and like i need to make sure everyone sees what i'm i'm worth you know before i turn 30 no <laughs> you you got tons of time guys work through what you you know need to work through right now everybody starts in a different place you know you don't need to go to a fancy school to learn to do art you don't need to f- find some weird you know fix to make things work for you it's just a matter of like pacing yourself and then putting time and effort into what you want to do you know professionally good words good words thank you very much yeah from the mutt the mutt the mutt on our show yes well coca dope ethan thank you very much for coming on the show we it's been a pleasure having you we hope to see big great things from you in the future and uh, hopefully we can have you back on the show again to talk about some of your other projects and if you ever want to come on the show just to chat or whatever as part of our regular stuff let me know you're welcome to come on as a just hangers on if you want absolutely yeah yeah. don't be a stranger guys all right well with that we're gonna say goodbye and we'll let you go Great to meet you, Cocodope. I hope to hug you tight with pausies in the future, Eticon. Until then, have a good night. Bark, bark, I wag. Pausies and hugs to you too, Taven. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, Cocodope, Ethan. Cocodope, Ethan. So, he's uh, a Kentucky fur. I was surprised that you knew that he sung. I did not know that he sung. Oh, that was a shot in the dark, was it? It was just something I wanted him to do. <laughs> <laughs> And off he went and he did it for you. And he did. 
Yeah, I, I lucked nice. out, I guess. But yeah, very fun to talk to you. He had a lot to say. Sounds like he's he's doing well, overwhelmed, but for a good reason. Mm-hmm. So any for mm-hmm. out there, if you haven't checked out his artwork before, very, very cute. Along the style of Jib Cody, if you know who he I meant to talk to um, Kokodo about Jib, but anyway, very cute style. Check him out. He's, uh, he's fun and does great stuff. There you go. Do that. I say do that. Do that. Do that. Check him out. Give him some support. Give him some love. And if you're in Kentucky, find him and give him a hug. Find him in Kentucky. Just just like wander around Kentucky aimlessly and then I'm sure you'll find him, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a big state. Why not? So, why not? Anyway. You get exercise. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we've been locked in for so long, we need exercise. So walk around Kentucky. Walk around Kentucky. We should all just go <laughs> walk around Kentucky right now. All of us. <laughs> right now. Immediately. Right now. So anyway, it is time for everyone's favorite section of our podcast, Furries in the News. Did you say eat your bread at the end? I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Eat your bread. Well, there you are. Well. And, and so, so, by the way, trivia, that was furries in the news in French. <laughs> well, but you said fromage. So I think you said cheese in there at some point. There, I did say. So I said more than just furries in the news. I said something about um, cheese and Pet the cow and stuff. I don't know. There was, there <laughs> and was, all that stuff. It was a journey. It was a big journey in there. <laughs> Did you hear about the beaver that caused the outage of the internet up in northern British Columbia? No. Why barely? I did it. Oh, wait, no. Is this a joke? Or are we setting it's not up a joke. It really oh, happened. Okay. No, <laughs> it's it's so apparently northern BC, British Columbia, the main trunk line for the internets uh, was chewed. It's an elephant. Yes, it was chewed through by a beaver. So everybody was out of internet service for a while. I'm just thinking he just wanted to see the angry beavers on the Cartoon Network and was trying to route a cable into his den. That's what he was doing. He's trying to do It's like, I'm going to get it. I'm doing it right now. I don't care about the rest of Kenya. (laughs) The news network said that the, the cable is encased in a conduit four and a half inches thick. So that beaver was busy. For a long time. That's a busy beaver. Beaver, yeah. Well, they can cut down trees, so I'm sure they can chew through a conduit. They must. They should have made it metal. They wouldn't have chewed through a metal conduit. But anyway. Probably not. That would be yeah. a metal beaver. No, that that's going nowhere. I'm going to stop. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's not a good joke. So, and then there's a... <laughs> that's not a, good, that's okay. not a good joke, but thank you for trying. See Thanks you next for playing. Time. Here's, some, here's some lovely parting gifts. <laughs> <laughs> it's rice the San Francisco trait. Now, goodbye. <laughs> How much is a year's supply of rice Is that like once a week, once a day, once a month? I'd like to know. That he, This is a question for last week today for next time. I think I so. Think. I think so. What is the... What is a li- a week a year supply? They always like a year supply of rice aroni, the, the San Francisco treat. Like, and you know that's from, don't you? Well, game shows. Well, and, and also from Weird Al's I Lost on Jeopardy. Oh, well, so let, yes. So let's now see what you didn't win. 
a year mm-hmm. supply of rice the San Francisco treat. And that's not all. You also made yourself look like a jerk in front of anyway, that stuff. <laughs> so there was a small article uh, at on Flayra about a game. Uh, the game's been out since 2017, but they they reviewed it. And it's called Cat Quest. Cat Quest. Is this the same and, one we talked about before? Maybe it's a different no, no. game. It's a different cat game. Uh, di- uh, there's a there are more than one cat game. This there's is really more than exciting. One cat- yeah, this is I a wig. The way the game we talked about before was more of a adventure type. Well, oh, a shoot 'em up space game. This, this was the one, space game I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is called Cat Quest, and there's a lot of puns in it. And it says if if feline puns make you cat atonic or drive you to hysteria, this game isn't for you. Like that sentence just did. <laughs> right. Yes. However, if you can't get enough of the perfectly punny feline punchlines and like going on a dungeon crawling adventure with action RPG mechanics, check out Cat Quest. It's an action RPG. Cat I Quest is very streamlined and slick action RPG with catty protagonist, or at least their spirit companion is. So they have lots of personality, and it is on Nintendo and available on Switch. It's been out since Ooh. 2017. I, w- I have a little Nintendo Switchy thing. I think I'm going to have to look I've heard this that. up. You, you, I've heard that. I heard. Mm-hmm. Did you hear, hear that, or did you heart hat? I heart hatted that. I heart hatted okay, that. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. It's important to get it right. <laughs> right. And coming up in a couple of weeks is Port Con, Maine. Portcon, Maine? Does it have to do with lions? No, it has to do with uh, Maine. And you're not lying about that? I'm not lying about that. It's in Maine. Okay. The state of Maine. Mm -hmm. The Maine state of Maine. That's the state I am in right now. In South Portland, Maine, actually. It is technically an anime convention, but there's a lot of furry programming in it, and that's why it was on the furry Con's website. Oh, like you talked about before. Mm-hmm. Now I got. See, I'm coming. You're, you're smart. Tying you're it smart. all together. You I weave smart. it. I weave it through the show, and then I tie it all together and at the end. Then, then bam, there bam. it is. There it is. Yeah. Bam. So Port Con Maine is Maine's longest and first con, celebrating hobbies, enriching our lives. So join us for the celebration. They say video games, buffer combat. I have no idea what that is. Buffer uh, combat. Boffer. I Boffer. think it's like those those big those big uh, bopper bop things. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, beat each other up. With okay, them. sound. Oh, I right. hmm. okay. be fun to do in a fur suit. I think it'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah, uh, beat yourself try senseless. To try. Yeah, yeah, beat your, try. yeah. No, Taven. No, I. <laughs> yes, stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Uh, so it's a four day I'm... event right now for. A mere thirty six eighty seven. Why it's that amount? I have no idea. That's <laughs> a very specific specific amount. amount. Yes, it's not I, even thirty nine eighty seven. I, I could no, get that more than thirty. <laughs> I have no idea what. The, there's got to be some significance to that number because they must have like went through and like because they've been doing it so long or something. They like just know exactly how much everything's going to cost and they divided it and did the arithmetic and that's the perfect. Amount, I, I, I guess. guess that's that's the amount through June first. At the door, it's thirty five dollars. Oh wait, makes no sense. It I was just no sense. It makes no sense. It's thirty five dollars, but thirty six eighty seven. What? Okay. I I just noticed that. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You could pay advance more, or you can get there and pay thirty five. So if you pay in advance, <laughs> you're penalized by you have to 
make sure it's exactly 3687. That's your penalty for for registering in advance. But if you're at the door, 35. Maybe you're paying for the convenience of registering in advance and not having to wait in maybe, line. Maybe. It's it's yeah. at 87 cents. That'll get you every time. That dollar 87 will do it, you know. Okay. And uh that's what I have for news. Do you have any newsworthy things to discuss? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Eat your bread. <laughs> Eat your bread. Eat your bread. Okay. Manger la pain. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Manger la pain. Manger le pain. That is, eat your bread. Okay. Well, I'm going to eat my bread then. But actually, I'm going to read a, a Grimm's fairy tale. Oh, okay. <laughs> you lied. Instead. And are you ready for the name of this Grimm's? So I'm trying to find ones that A are going to be not what people have heard before, and B, things that will make Tabin go, what? What? What What are they even Even. talking about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The name of the story is The Mouse, The Bird, and The Sausage. I don't think I saw the sausage uh, coming there. I think the no, mouse and the not. bird that makes sense. Um, but the sausage, nope. yes. I, I'm not. I'm not uh, affiliated with the sausage. Right. I guess. I the know. mouse, the bird, and the sausage. The mouse, the bird, and the kielbasa. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Once upon a time, a mouse, a bird, and a sausage went into partnership. <laughs> Okay, this is. I'm actually really loving this already. I want you to read that sentence again because I am actually really loving that. <laughs> Once upon a time, a mouse, a bird, and a sausage went into partnership. Into part. Okay, this is great. Yes. I love this. This is a great story. They kept a house together long and amicably, and thus had increased their possessions. It was the bird's work to fly to the forest every day and bring back wood. And you, you mouse- know, I just have to say. Mm-hmm. It's really great that the sausage is amicable. <laughs> you right. really it's want your sausage, sausage to be amicable. You want okay, your this sausage is, this to be amicable. Is great. Okay, okay. The mouse had to carry water, make up the fire, and set the table, mm-hmm. while the sausage did all the cooking. The, there, now, there's so many directions. I'm not going to, but I'm just saying there are so many directions I can go with that right there. Oh, and I'm, well, not gonna, I'm holding back. I'm holding back. Hold back because... It's going to happen. You're going in the right direction. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad to know. I already know the story. (laughs) So, and often, whoever is too well off is always eager for something new. One day, the bird met a friend to whom it sang the praises of its comfortable circumstances. But the other (laughs) bird scolded it and called it a poor creature who did all the hard work while the other two had an easy time at home. For when the mouse had to make up the fire and carry the water, she betook herself to her little room to rest till she was called to lay the table. I love the language in this book. I did too. I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) The sausage only had to stay by the hearth and take care of the food that was nicely cooked. Ooh, hearth. So hearth hearth at? Now we have have hearth Hearth at. hat. Yes. Hear that. And hearth, and hearth at. <gasps> yes. I see. I see. Did you mean mm-hmm. to wind this all together like that? I, this I is didn't, amazing. But it's amazing. Yes. It is. Uh, and to take care of the food that was nice. Uh, uh, when it was nearly dinner time, she passed herself once or twice through the broth 
and the vegetables, she... and then they were buttered, salted, and flavored, and ready uh, to eat. I yes. think you need to back up a little bit. Did I miss okay. anything? <laughs> okay, so the sausage did the cooking. Oh, it is the sausage. Okay. The sausage did the cooking. Uh, okay. When it was nearly dinner time, oh, yeah. she, the sausage, yeah. okay. passed herself once or oh. twice through the broth. Well, that was very nice and sacrificial of her. <laughs> to, to make them buttered, salted, and flavored and ready to eat. Okay. Nice. Okay. So good. That's, she used that's herself very efficient. to flavor yeah. the food. Yes. Okay. Who needs to go to the store when you got yourself? I know. So then, when the bird came home and laid his burdens aside, they all sat down at the table. And after they meal, his burdens. They all sat down at the table, and after their meal, they slept their fill till morning. They said, "Oh, good sausage," including the sausage. It was indeed a delightful life. Another day, the bird, owing to the instigations of his friend, declined to go and fetch any more word wood. Oh, no. I know. Saying that he had been drudge long enough and drudge. had only been their dupe. Their they poop. must <laughs> Their dupe. Oh, okay. That... Yes. Mm-hmm. They the must poop, now make a change and try some other arrangements. In spite of the fervent entreaties of the mouse and the sausage. I love the language again. I, say, bird... I know, really. I want you to say that again because that was awesome. <laughs> In spite of the fervent entreaties of the mouse and the sausage, the love, bird love got it. his way. They decided to draw lots, and the lot fell on the sausage who was to carry the wood. So are they the mouse houses now? Because they have drawing lots. lots. Drawing lots is old timey for like drawing, throwing dice, or drawing straws. Oh yeah. The okay. lot was cast. The lot, lot was cast. Was cast. There was a lot of it. The mouse became the cook, and the bird was to fetch the water. So what was the result, you might ask? I do ask. Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. The sausage went out into the forest. The bird made up the fire, while the mouse put on the pot and waited alone for the sausage to come home, bringing wood for the next day. I have this visage... Sorry, I have this vision of this sausage, like, carrying, like kindling i'm having it's okay good good but the sausage stayed away so long that the other two suspected something was amiss and the (gasps) bird the bird flew out to take to the air in the hope of meeting her not far off he fell in with a dog which had met the poor sausage and fallen (laughs) upon her as lawful prey seizing her and quickly swallowing her The, the bird but... <laughs> the bird complained bitterly to the dog of his barefaced robbery <laughs> but it was no good <laughs> for for the, the dog had said that he found forged letters on the sausage <laughs> whereby her life was forfeit to him now i don't know what forged letters are and the, what was it about the robbery <laughs> I mean, all this barefaced robbery. We've got oh robbery. So now we've got a barefaced robbery with mm-hmm. a forged, a f- <laughs> forged <laughs> letters is, on the sausage. Yes. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. The bird took the wood and flew sadly home with it, and related what he had seen and heard. There were much upset. There was. I love that again. Sorry, but I'm loving this language. Say that again. There were much upset. There were much upset. <laughs> 
But I have to use this. I need to remember this. I want to use this. I'm going to write it down. They determined to do the best they could and stay together. So the bird laid the table and the mouse prepared their meal. She tried to cook it and, like the sausage, to dip herself in the vegetables so oh. as to flavor them. <laughs> really? That's adorable. <laughs> but before she got well into the midst of them, she came to a standstill and the attempt lost her her hair, her skin, and her life itself. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny that the birdie died, but really? No, the mouse. The mouse. The oh, mouse, the mouse died. The, the mouse, mouse. <laughs> She Even, tried to flavor the sausage, or she tried to flavor the soup like the sausage did. I, I got work. lost in, in all the... Yeah. There was a dog, there was a caterpillar, right. there was a chipmunk. I didn't even... Yeah. Okay, so the mouse... So it's not funny that the poor mousey, but still, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> when the bird came back and wanted to serve up the meal, there was no cook to be seen. The bird, in his agitation, threw the wood about, called and searched everywhere, but could not find his cook. Then, owing to his carelessness... The wood caught fire and there was a blaze. The bird hastened to fetch water, but the bucket fell into the well with the bird in it, and he could not recover himself, and so he was drowned. The end. <laughs> I'll just say, wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I... There's a mouse and a bird and a sausage. All died in this story. There is, there's no more, there's no more anything. No more sausage. Well, but I love me a kielbasa, but I don't get any more because it's dead. It's, well, you know, that's the way it goes. All right. We should do a trivia game. What do you think? We should. I sung a song that you didn't get recorded. So I'll sing a song right now. Cause why not? I'm done. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, trivia. Okay, trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trivia. Give me a number between one and ten. A whole number, not a half number. Seven. Seven. One. Mm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I hold in my hand the questions. The answer is 42. Well, that is an answer. Probably not the correct answer. So the game we're playing, the game we're playing is called I Should Have Known That. So these are questions that everyone should know. Are you ready, Mr. Tabin. Oh, I'll just say, okay, yes, I am ready. Okay. Have funny. you got your puppy thinking cap on? Puppy cap is on. Move. Okay. The freezing point of water is 32 degrees mm. Fahrenheit. Mm. What does this con- correspond to in Celsius? In Celsius. Actually, I, I do know this, but... Uh, wait, 32. Oh, it's zero. Yes, correct. It is zero. I did know that. I did know that. You did I know that. I yes. Wow. See, look at you. Crazy. Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Me. Okay. <laughs> In what field is the expert called a sommelier? Well, that sounds Japanese, so I'm going to say the rice field. <laughs> no. You should know this because you are sipping some even as we speak. Sommelier. Sommelier. I, I sommelier. said sippanier because I'm like, yay, sipping. Um, and, and not a beignet. And not a beignet, which is a, a dessert from down south. But the, and a not sommelier. a bidet because that's not a dessert from down south. That's for sure. No, that's a water in your butt. Yeah, so don't don't eat a bidet. Anyway. Sommelier. <laughs> sommelier. What's a sommelier? Um, 
a uh, a vineyard. I'm gonna say. Well, it's a wine expert. Yes, the sommelier. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look at that. Look and at you. You know, you look at you, Pikachu. If you peek at me, then I am embarrassed. Lenin or Stalin? Who was the very first Soviet leader? Um, you got a 50-50 well, shot. I got a 50-50 shot. Well, I mean, since John imagined everything, I'll go with Lenin. Well, that is correct. Oh, not for the right reason, but it's Not correct. for the I'll right reason, it. but it's the correct answer. Okay, and finally, the final question of the evening. Are you ready? What popular alcoholic beverage is made using vodka, tomato juice, spices, and is often garnished with a celery stick? So, I mean, this alcohol thing, I don't know. I mean, I keep hearing I'm too young for this alcohol thing, so I don't know anything about it. But I do remember that in the Bible, there was um, this particular woman by the name of Mary. And then in the Bible, also, there was Jesus, and he was hung on the cross, and there was there was blood on it and stuff. So I'm just going to have to say a Bloody Mary. You are correct. It is a Bloody Mary. <gasps> the puppy logic worked there. It did. It did. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo! Bark, bark, Woo-hoo. bark. Raise the... Don't raise, raise the, the roof. roof. But raise, raise the bark. The raise woof. the woof. Either way, Raise yes. the woof. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. What am I even doing? I don't know, but we find ourselves once again at that portion of the podcast where we get to say goodbye. It's and it's actually, I don't think this is the portion part. I think this is the great portion part of the the great the great portion. Yes, it's the it's the greatishin greatishin. Well, we have to say goodbye. I want to say I want to thank our guest Coca Dope. Be sure to check out their social media areas and be sure to send them some love. Send them some love. And, yeah, and thanks again to our continued supporters on Ko-Fi. Your donations help to keep the podcast running. Thank you so much, Fluff. <laughs> uh, be sure to tune in next week when our special guest will be the Tater. The Tater. The Tater. She is. Tuts. They are the one that drew your artistic stuff. Yes. Your stickers uh, tater on Telegram. Has, and some of my con badges. And I've been meaning to get around to um, commissioning from them a, a nice big picture but i haven't yet so i should do that someday so thanks someday. for inadvertently reminding me you didn't know you were reminding me but thank you and so until next week tabin i encourage all of our furry friends to stay furry and i say unto you Mubark fluff Mubark fluff every fur and thank you so much for listening uh especially if you're still listening after all you had to listen to me but the great thing is you got to listen to barely and that made it worth it so thank you so much and uh <laughs> and, I, and and now that he's done talking now no one's listening no first listening because now I'm oh no to they listen but to the end they listen to the <laughs> end i'm pretty sure the they do good for yeah. you first for listening to the end you know the vaccinations are going along pretty well there's still some people out there that aren't getting vaccinated but hopefully they'll come around i really true believe the vaccinations are the way to go and they'll get us back to normality, mm-hmm. get us back to hugging in the fluff, to the fur cons, to the stuff, 
to the uh, fur meats and everything like that. So get your shots if you haven't already. And play, I feel like I have to say, I, I know some furs out there are a little bit worried about like, oh, but I've heard of all these like bad symptoms. You get sick and everything after the second shot. Some furs do, but not every fur does. Even if you do, it's okay. It's actually a really good sign. That means your body's actually getting used to and processing and it, I mean that's a really actually an amazingly good sign if you do get a little sick from it because that your body's actually uh, accustoming accustoming that's not the right word but you know what I mean anyway so get, get your shots um, it's, I don't know words anyway thank you so much for listening hug you again in the future and until next week I wag at you I say bark bark Barely Furcasting is an Injured Nerves studio production and is found on all major podcast platforms or can be heard directly at barelyfurcasting.com. The opinions expressed here are those of the hosts and their guests, and no commercial compensation was granted. The Furcast is produced, recorded, and directed by me, Barely Normal, a.k.a. Mike Began, and is edited by myself and our associate editors, Rain Raccoon and Bixby Wolf. This week's interview was edited by Bixby Wolf. Opening and closing theme music, as well as some interstitial music, was created for Injured Nerves Productions for the use on the podcast by our music associate, Reg Day, with Damien Tanuki. If you would like to hear more music by Reg Day, you can search for Tweezerbeak on Bandcamp or Hoop Loop Tunes on SoundCloud. Other interstitial and background music by Shane Ivers through SilvermanSound.com, Gator Tots on SoundCloud.com, and the YouTube Free Use Library. You can send us a message via email at barelyfurcasting at gmail.com or on our Telegram chat at BFFTChat, on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or on the barelyfurcasting.com webpage. The show is supported through donations at ko-fi.com forward slash barelyfurcasting or through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash barelyfurcasting. Thanks for listening. We hope you come back and listen next week. Mm-hmm.